Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Sydney. You can hear me and see me on this show daily and also find my words over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me from the Bucks Radio Network, he's got Ring Night under his belt. He was there. He was in Fiserv Forum, like a lot of our listeners were as well. I had fun seeing it on the timeline. All you guys having fun. It's Justin Garcia. Justin, have you come down yet? Are you are you still excited? Are you are you are you able to see properly? I feel like your eyes might be blinded from the, the glittering diamonds that were in Fiserv Forum yesterday? It was uh, the glittering diamonds from the <laughs> rings, and um, we saw Nike dropping the first part of the 21-22 yeah. season collection before the game, and then seeing uh, Mark Lazary come out wearing the white hoodie that's already sold out. I mean, yeah, my eyes are scorching from seeing that and the huge rings that everybody in the organization got. Yeah, it was awesome. I know we spoke about it yesterday, but I, I did radio in Milwaukee this morning uh, with the fan and that was a topic of conversation and it's just a cool thing. I don't think you want to uh, sort of walk by that uh, so quickly because it was such a historic moment there. Uh, before we get you know, into the, it. The, well, the one thing I would just add really quickly too was uh, obviously it was a crazy atmosphere during the finals, but that is the loudest event <laughs> I have ever heard where even during the broadcast of the pregame, and it was funny that the pregame was the loudest part. And then once the game started, there was still energy, but it was like you were at a heavy metal concert. The sound was bleeding through, even with the uh, headphones on, I could barely hear myself talking with that. So it was, it was definitely the loudest event I have ever been to. I tell you what I loved was, and I think we brought this up a few weeks ago, but I love that when you're watching on the broadcast now, the fans are, it almost, you're like, what are the fans doing so close to the players? Because we got used to the benches having all that space. So having the fans right up, I think adds to the broadcast because sometimes when they were further back, you they got cut off or you didn't quite see the fan reaction after yeah. big buckets or big plays. So I thought that was awesome. Uh, but we do want to thank everyone for making Lockdown Bucks their first listen of every single day. Uh, you can get it for free wherever you get your podcasts and now on YouTube as well. Uh, we got a compliment this morning from Rami over at The Fan. He said that the production value of this show is fantastic. And I said, well, look, we're hopefully going to make it a little bit better. Speaking of, uh, my microphone cord for an update for those of the regular <laughs> listeners, it's in the mail uh, hopefully it'll be here soon. I got caught up in my own COVID protocol here. I wasn't allowed to leave my apartment for two days. So honestly, it's been a rough couple of weeks since we got on YouTube, but everything's fine. We're all doing okay. And we'll be able to get it going here. So uh, speaking of opening tonight, we should give a shout out to Dave Kane and Ben Bruce who had their first call. Uh, Dave's going to be on the road tomorrow, uh, riding solo. Good luck to him down in Miami there as he tries to settle into the seat. But shout out to those guys. And then of course, uh, tomorrow with the game in Miami or today as you're listening or watching this show, obviously Lisa and Marcus will be back on deck as well with national TV game. Yesterday they weren't there. So shout out to those guys. The update that we have to get the show started here today and pretty good news. 
Drew Holiday, as we all saw and we mentioned on the show yesterday, left the game in the second quarter with a heel contusion. Bud was certainly uh, pretty optimistic and positive in his post-game press conference. He said the MRIs were clean. Even still, I think I probably assumed that he would miss a couple of games. I just didn't really think that they would be you know, trying to rush him back, which tells me that he's been listed as probable for this game in Miami. And if he plays, then again, I assume, and got based on history, the Bucks would be cautious. Very good sign. No, nothing major for Drew Holiday, which is obviously going to be critical for this team. Yeah, even when he said after the game that the uh, MRIs came back clean, um, I forget what his exact ver- verbiage was, but he uh, he kind of couched it too of, yeah, we don't think it's anything serious, but I guess we'll see. So however it was he phrased it, I kind of thought he's probably not going to play against the Heat and maybe we'll see him on Monday. Maybe it'll be Saturday against the Spurs, but um, seeing everything and seeing the injury report today, uh, in terms of Drew Holiday, obviously very good news. Yeah, and the great news about that game with San Antonio in a couple of days is Paddy Mills is no longer on the Spurs, so we don't have to deal with him again in that game. Uh, ridiculous in the season opener. But you mentioned certainly the Drew Holiday aspect of the injury report um, was positive. Uh, still no updates or, or uh, indication that Bobby Portis, Shemi Ojale, Rodney Hood... Obviously, Dante DiVincenzo, we think, is going to be a bit longer term. But those four guys uh, could continue to be out. So uh, let's assume that Drew Holiday plays in this game, listed as probable. Of course, there's no guarantee. But let's assume that he does play. Uh, the Bucks again, will find themselves in a situation where they're probably going to have to play some, some really small lineups. And I actually do think, again, when you look at this Miami team, they play Bam at a bio at the five. Probably, again, a team that you feel like pretty comfortable going small. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Miami, it, it's certainly a team that you can get by with it, with it, basically the front line or, or front court players now of Bam Adebayo, PJ Tucker, and yeah. uh, one of the Morris brothers. Other than that, they're incredibly small and kind of similar to what we talked about with the Bucks last year, where they're not very deep. That when you look at the bench, it's basically going to be Tyler Hero and uh, Victor Oladipo, whatever they can get from him this season. So I would anticipate to see a lot of small ball and you guys touched on what he did in game one. And he's certainly been the most popular guy to talk about during the preseason, but it it means more opportunities for Jordan Wara. And, you know, he's going to have those opportunities with the injury report looking like it is. So as as long as he makes the most of them, then it's going to make things interesting once this team is at full strength. It was pretty funny, actually, listening to some podcasts and I haven't got to all of them, but I was curious to see how people would take this game. I think, you know, my perspective on the Brooklyn Nets, I, I know that they didn't look great and it looked like it was all hard in the Duran, as we suspect. Obviously, Patty was pretty good, but I just thought it was a weird game for them. They look like a team still trying to figure some things out. And of course, you have to assume that Kyrie Irving is probably going to be back at some point. So I, I wasn't reading too much into it, but just I was curious to see how people would take the Bucks side of things. And one of the, the main sentiments I got from some of these national uh, podcasts or shows was just like who is Jordan War? who is this guy and uh, I even heard one and I'm not going to call him out but I heard one podcast where one of the uh the hosts was like oh man he he actually looked like he was confident getting his own shot and I'm like yeah that's 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 all this guy does he, he can get his own shot against anyone there's there's no problem with that so it's been funny to hear uh, some of that reaction but you mentioned PJ Tucker now I want to get to PJ Tucker because I think that we're in the rare situation where this could be a double revenge game. We could have the double revenge game on on the slate here. And I, I don't know whether it totally qualifies for a double revenge game, actually, but I want to get your thoughts on that. Before we do, 
it's starting to get warm in Melbourne. I'm sweating doing this podcast. And when I say warm, it's been, we just got out of winter. So it's uh, probably 22, 23 degrees Celsius today. I'm guessing that's around 70, low 70s. But when you haven't had that weather for a while, uh, you, you're sweating. And I am sweating. And I might need to go get myself some sweat block wipes because I am feeling the pinch today working. I'm not even doing anything. I'm just sitting on the couch sweating. It's pretty disgusting, to be honest. But for a few weeks, we've been talking about sweat block wipes. They, these are the wipes that stop sweat for seven days. And it seems people have been listening. We have friends of Locked On who've tried Sweat Block and love it. Now, I told you guys yesterday about the soccer player. That was that was a great success story. Uh, he was able to, to stop that sweating while he was out on the soccer pitch. But now, what about a Hollywood producer? Straight out of Hollywood, we have a producer who was working on a set of a Marvel movie. She was working 18-hour day, 18 days for weeks in the Atlanta heat. She heard about Sweat Block, started trying it, and loves it. No more sweaty production days. She even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it to stay dry on set and on the red carpet. Unbelievable. That dry shirt guarantee, well, it, it works for everyone, not just your everyday people, your celebrities. So get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on and at Amazon for CBS. So the double revenge game. Now, I'm calling... I, Typically, when we talk about a revenge game, it's a player playing against their old team. I actually think PJ Tucker, you know, he was just, I, I think he was, you would say he was in Milwaukee longer than a cup of coffee, but gee, it wasn't long. He was there for about three months. <laughs> so, yeah, big contribution in that three months, to be fair to him. He's going to, we know he's a man that loves diamonds. At some point in time, when he returns to Milwaukee, he's going to be able to pick up his ring. But the Heat want revenge as well. They were swept by the Bucks in that series, humiliated, to be honest. Jimmy Butler outscored by Bryn Forbes in the series. Uh, they, they would want to make a statement in this game. And PJ Tucker, there were some quotes that came out today uh, about him. And look, we know that potentially he wasn't so happy about the not getting a deal. Or we, we assume it's sort of been mixed messages that come out of there. But he said he wants to win this game better than I would want to win any other game. Yes, I'd be lying if... I told you I didn't. So what do we think? What do we think about this, this possibility of PJ setting this up as a revenge game? This should be nothing but love between the Bucks. Come on. What are we talking about? I mean, they helped. Uh, they, they used each other for the right purposes. They helped PJ finally get a ring after the long journey he had to the NBA and falling short in uh, Houston with the Rockets. And PJ Tucker, you know, I, I think we've all kind of said it. He was the guy that basically gave the Bucks that seasoning and put them over the top and gave them that mental edge and the attitude. And, you know, I, I think it's it's easy for us to point to Shemi Ojale and say, okay, well, he on paper can replace PJ. And, you know, PJ taught these guys how to win, and now they experienced winning, so they can do this without him. Uh, it still remains to be seen, but, um, you know, I, I can get the emotion aspect from P.J. Tucker, but also it's it's game two of 82. You're going to see this team again, and the way the Eastern Conference is, I mean, there's a good chance you're going to see this team in the playoffs. So uh, I think I would have maybe saved that line for a matchup later in the season of, yeah, I really get up for playing Milwaukee, so you better win this game now if you're P.J. Tucker. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we spoke about the contract situ situation a lot. I think, to be honest, it was a surprise that he didn't come back. But if you look at it, if you take a step back and you really rationalize the decision of why they perhaps wouldn't have wanted to bring PJ Tucker back for that type of money, I think it makes perfect sense. I, I don't think that you look at the 
the reasons why they they may not have wanted to commit to that and and feel like it doesn't make some sense. He's 36. He's going to be 37 by the time the playoffs roll around. He was banged up during the regular season. And quite honestly, he was banged up during the postseason. And and he's not a guy necessarily that he... Uh, and look, I might be wrong here. This this might be too harsh. But I don't think he's necessarily a guy that's going to make the Miami Heat a better team during the regular season. But even when the yeah. Bucks traded for him, the first podcast that we did after the Bucks traded for him, we mentioned Kevin Durant. Because we all knew that it was going to be a seven-game series where you're going to feel the impact of P.J. Tucker the most. And he did the job. I will never overlook that moment in game three. He goes nose-to-nose with Kevin Durant. And it was at that point, it's like, do the Bucs really are they, do they really want to win this? Are they going to fight to win this? And P.J. Tucker was almost the moment where everyone woke up and said, okay, we're not going to let this team roll over us. We're going to stand up to them and we're going to beat them. And they did. But yeah, I, it's, it's a big investment for a guy that you know that, you, you think that you're not really going to get a lot of value out of him until that, you know, May, June. And obviously the reward is great. But even if you think to the first round, the conference finals, the finals, you know, Tucker, it, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't a major impact. It was that one series, which is why they traded for him. They got the result they wanted. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm fine with it. I'm cool with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, um, and we're not trying to diminish PJ. Uh, it was a major That's, impact. No way, no way. Yeah, I mean, it was a major impact in the sense that you got him for a series against Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. So he he was huge in that series. It wasn't quite as much against the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, for personnel reasons, he was big in the Sun series defensively. But you also knew it's it's a one sided player at this point. Um, you're not getting anything offensively and. The only question I had about the the move to Miami is it makes sense in terms of how Miami wants to play and the heat culture that we keep getting beaten over the head with. All of that makes sense and it matches up. But P.J. Tucker seems like he's the guy you bring in as the missing piece because that's clearly what he was for the Bucs. I don't know that that's the case in Miami, that when you look at the offense too, like you're basically taking a zero offensively. And when PJ Tucker's in the starting lineup and you look at that Miami team, it's not the same as with the Bucks. So he still has value, but to me, his value is more amplified when he's on the right team and the Bucks were the perfect team for him. So I think that's what made it surprising that he's gone. Now, the interesting part, and we're obviously getting way ahead of it, so not worth spending too much time, but PJ Tucker's absence is softened if the Brooklyn Nets are going to be playing the entire season without Kyrie Irving, because I know it was a regular season game, but we saw in game one how much that changes things, where you don't have to worry about three guys that you have to defend, three individual scorers, where you would need to, without P.J. Tucker in the mix, have Giannis take on some of that load more. So now if it's just those two guys and Harden and KD, it's basically going to be Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday that are carrying that load on the defensive end. Yeah, and again, if the Bucks face Miami in a postseason series and you do have Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler and P.J. Tucker and Kyle Lowry, it's going to be a grind. That is going to be difficult. I'm sure P.J. Tucker at that point is going to be incredibly motivated to play on whoever it is. Chris Middleton, perhaps. Maybe he'll think he can take some possessions on Giannis. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, th- that's where his value is going to be the greatest because of his competitive competitiveness and his, his willingness to just throw absolutely everything at a guy. So again, absolutely not diminishing him. But I just think you look at this team now and you had to make a decision. Okay, are we paying this amount of money for a guy that, quite honestly, during the regular season, isn't really going to have a role? And he wouldn't have. Like, look at the rotation now. They've got four guys out. 
and he's playing in a position that Jordan War is trying to get minutes, that Pat Connaughton's playing. Dante DiVincenzo is going to come up and push guys into different positions. So I just think for the Bucs, they're, they're definitely better off getting minutes into Jordan War now than they would be playing PJ Tucker off the bench. Like he wouldn't have been starting. Yeah, and you know, the interesting thing, and and we won't have the answer for who knows when, once yeah. in, until this team gets healthy and you know, Bobby Portis has worked back in and we can see how they intend on using Shemi Ojale and even once Dante's back and this team is at full strength. Um, but once they get there, I'm going to be really curious to see, uh, one, how Shemi Ojale is used, but also Jordan Wara because you know, we keep talking about Shemi and Bobby Portis, but Jordan Wara may have been a part of that decision too, where if they saw enough and saw the progress and thought, you know, in terms of size, we know it's not an ideal replacement here, but Pat's going to play some small ball four for us. And we think Jordan Wara can be another guy in the front court that's an option in the rotation. So he could have played a role in them ultimately deciding, let's save some of that luxury tax money and let's just go with what we have here. Yeah. And again, these are the decisions that they have to make. And we know that recently they've just spent money on Grayson Allen. So I know at the time we discussed, is this the owners being cheap? It's proven that that wasn't the case. This was a, a decision that they made for whatever reason. They think maybe they can they can cover that that hole somewhere else or spend that money elsewhere. Uh, those are the, the decisions you make, and we'll see long term how that plays out. And and of course, as we've said, PJ Tucker is. Uh, I don't care whether he was there for three months. He's always going to be a legend, not only for what he did during the playoffs, but what he did at the parade, unforgettable. So look, we all love what he did Tucker. after the parade. Too. Uh, after the parade, listen. <laughs> I cannot wait until and and look, Miami are rivals, but I can't wait until Miami come to Milwaukee because I think PJ Tucker is going to get a pretty damn uh, nice ovation from the crowd when they come back, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. I wouldn't be surprised if PJ Tucker was a big Built Bar fan though, because he seems like the type of guy that would just chuck down a few Built Bars before he goes out on the floor, go absolutely crazy, go nose to nose with Kevin Durant. And uh, listen, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. You talk to any Built Bar fan, they're passionate about their favorites, depending on what flavor you're into. Salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, cherry barcia. They've got them all. They're all there. Just go to Built.com and you can check out all the flavors. You can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors there as well. They're healthy for you. It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. All you have to do is go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com and then jump across to betonline.ag because they are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated website uh, and also on the mobile app there to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL. You're watching right now, Justin St. Louis Blues in action, boxing, UFC, favorite Vegas casino games. They're all there, so don't wait to take advantage. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's bet online where the game starts. I couldn't do this show today, Justin, without calling out the legendary Frank Madden. So, as I mentioned, I did some Milwaukee radio this morning with Rami over at the fan. And which that's when I know that NBA season is back, all right? You start to get the, the notifications. Does this, does this time work? Is this time zone fit for you? Yeah, I can do that. I can jump on. Let's, let's do it. So, I was talking Bucks Nets with Rami, and he asked me the question and said, 
should we actually believe that Giannis free throws, his jump shot is real? And I said, well, the jump shot, I'm holding fire on for now. We'll wait and see what happens. We'll wait for a, a bigger sample. I said, the free throw, I feel a little bit more confident about just based on what we saw over a larger sample in last year's regular season. Yeah, playoffs were pretty rocky in stages, but certainly finished strong when it absolutely mattered. Seven for nine in the season opener. So we'll see. I generally feel a little bit better about the free throw. Where are you at? Let's get a heat check on your confidence of Giannis jump shots or free throws or whatever. Is it too early? Um, it's too early. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's too early. But it, he had that, um, what, like from late January? I think it was after the back-to-back losses to the Hornets and Pelicans. Where from that point forward, there was about a month and a half, maybe two-month stretch where he was around high 70s, 80% in free throws. And then we got to the playoffs and the counting and it dipped. But he hit him when it mattered, as, as he was quick to point out. So um, I think that's easier to look at as as – you know, everybody's already pointed to in the preseason. It looks like the mechanics are a little different on the jump shot. It's definitely a different approach at the free throw line. I mean, we've seen just how quickly he's getting there and changing his routine there. So if I had to pick one, I'd be more of a believer in uh, the free throws at this point. The jump shot is still kind of wait and see. But I think the the good part about that is he doesn't need it to be uh, on that level just yet, that he's still able to get to his spots. And I think he showed us during the playoff run, he knows how to get that shot when he needs it. So it can be a work in progress throughout the season. I think the Bucks have been afforded that luxury. Yeah, no question. And I've been pretty strong on this, but I don't really care about the three-point shot. You know, it's, yeah. those, it's those post moves. He, he got to pretty good position. He actually had Kevin Durant on his back a couple of times, James Harden as well in the season opener. And he got to really good position for that little hook, that little push shot just didn't quite finish them off. And I think the touch is still a work in progress. It always has been for him, uh, which we know that he's obviously going to work on. But yeah, those short jump shots. And the beauty of the mid-range jump shot is that they're not really going to contest him because you see anytime he walks into that position, the defenders are on their heels because they think he's about to like blow straight by them and and dunk. So you're always going to have, you can almost walk into 12, 14 feet and just like shoot a little short jump shot. It's almost like like a free shot for him. So those are the ones that I'm definitely looking at uh, but I, again, I, I mentioned I have to call out Frank. So obviously everyone's a little bit excited about the free throw and, and what could potentially happen with this. And as far as the routine goes, it's obviously a shorter routine, but most of the routine is the same. He's just cutting out six dribbles or whatever whatever he did, which yeah. kind of always felt a little bit ridiculous. He said that he was trying to catch his breath, which I guess does make sense when you play the, with the intensity that he does, but it did feel a little unnecessary. But we've seen this Twitter account surface justin i've just brought it up on the screen the Giannis free throw tracker uh he got the, the tweet here from the owner of this account who is anonymous but we have a feeling that it could be frank we'll wait and see it says in the last game against brooklyn Giannis shot seven for nine from the free throw line that's 77.8 percent and then he's got he's obviously the tracker is going to have last seven days last 30 days 2021 season and then down below i don't know why maybe this this person has a vendetta against anthony davis but it says anthony davis is 28.6 percent on the year so uh, i don't know what the relevance is there but frank tweets in case anyone is wondering i am not the person running this new Giannis free throw tracker account but i do hope it stays updated i'm calling bullshit on frank matter 
Um, I guess it's time to to check his timeline and see if Frank has had any uh, disparaging comments about Anthony Davis yeah, the yeah, last yeah. few years. But also, um, where I would kind of throw the flag to challenge is show me some of the receipts of people accusing you of it. It seems a little weird for Frank to speak up and say, hey, by the way, this isn't me. I know people are going to see this, but it's not me that's running this account. That's a good point. This is a very guilty tweet from Frank Madden. This is very guilty stuff from him. That's true. I never thought about it from that point. So anyway, the free throw tracker, if you're interested in that type of thing, obviously we're going to be talking about Giannis every day on this show. But uh, give that account a follow and you can keep up with the uh, the Giannis free throw stats. Hopefully it's not a jinx. I get a little bit funny about those types of things. Uh, before we wrap this up, as we head towards Bucks and Heat tomorrow in Miami, uh, I, I already mentioned that we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen. But if you want to have a second listen for the day and you play fantasy basketball, you should be listening to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast with my Aussie friend, Josh Lloyd, fellow Melbourne resident. He's doing a great show. He's got daily uh, streams, fantasy updates, who you should add, who you should drop, sleepers, whatever you need. Whatever the fantasy terminology is, he's got it all covered. I watch. I don't even play fantasy and I still watch some of these shows. So after you listen to Locked On Bucks, listen to Josh Lloyd. Uh, over at the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. He's doing a great job. But uh, Bucks and Heat, look, this is going to be interesting, Justin, because this is, you know, as much as we've spent some time talking about PJ Tucker here, this is a new-look Miami team. It's their season opener. They're at home. I, I looked at this originally and said, wow, you got Brooklyn, then you got Miami. I can't completely rule out that the Bucks are going to be 0-2. So this is another challenge. But the Bucks look great, obviously, in their uh, first game against Brooklyn. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's really the big three of Giannis and Chris and Drew just seeing, and we saw it throughout the preseason, but just how in sync that group is. And again, like we said at the top of the show that Jordan Wara has the opportunities now because of injury. So whether or not they intended for him to be a part of the rotation, or at least this large, a part of the rotation before the season began, he has the opportunity to really make them rethink some things now, if that was not the case. So I'm going to be curious to see what he can continue to do and if he can keep that momentum rolling. Yeah, look, interesting lineups because we know Jimmy Butler not typically a willing three-point shooter. P.J. Tucker, a limited offensive player. Bam Adebayo kind of had a meltdown against the Bucks last year in the first round. So three guys with, I guess you have to say, question mark over their ability to to create a lot offensively or certainly from the outside. And then you you add in Kyle Lowry, who's had obviously massive performances against the Bucks in the past. The only player missing for the Heat is Victor Oladipo. This game tips off at 7 p.m. Central Time, if I've got my uh, world clock accurate. I think that's right. 7 p.m. Central yeah. Time there, so that'll be fun. 11 a.m. for me. And I guess I should ha- I really should have the Greek time here. I should have three times. Greek local time, Melbourne local time, and Milwaukee local time. It seems right. Yeah, you know, it was also interesting to see after our game on opening night, the Warriors game, and to see two guys that – I'm not going to say they looked great, but two guys that looked pretty washed and like they weren't NBA players anymore with Miami look like rotational players again in this league in Nemanja Bialica and Andre Iguodala. Yeah, fascinating. I thought Iguodala as well looked really nice. And obviously Miami have had a a history of having, I guess, some older role players over the last couple of years and filling those gaps. And they've done a really good job of that. It's a nice, listen, it's probably a nice little spot to retire in Miami, live on the beach. It'd be fantastic. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they look. Uh, Miami on the older end of the scale, uh, roster-wise. The Nets certainly have some older role players. We saw the Lakers yesterday as an old team. This regular season is going to be a grind. They went from 72 games last year back to 82 this year. So I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. 
And for the Bucks, they're just going to keep it rolling. They've got a number of rotation players that are out, as you already mentioned, opportunities uh, for some other guys. We've criminally under-talked under or under-discussed what Pat Connaughton did yesterday. Yeah. If he has 20 points in this game tomorrow, I promise you we'll be talking about Pat Connaughton on that show. But, Justin, I know you'll be uh, – you're not obviously traveling, but you're still doing the pre and, pre and post game. What's, what's the deal? I am. I will uh, be in Milwaukee for the pregame show, and it's going to be me and Dave Kane. So Dave Kane gets thrown into the fire with ring night on his first night on the job, and now one day later has to kind of figure out NBA life on the road. So he gets to take in the Bucks and the Heat. But uh, me and Dave on the uh, pregame show and postgame show afterwards as well. All right, love that. Check out Justin and Dave on the Bucks Radio Network. If you're not in front of a TV or you prefer the radio broadcast, make sure you check them out. And then we will be back post-game. I'm sure Frank will be willing to do a, a post-game podcast. Uh, so uh, we're always... We he needs some time to update the Giannis free throw tracker, though. So give him a little bit after the game. Yeah, well, and he tells me that he's putting his daughter to bed now. I'm, I'm not going to believe him. <laughs> and I'm going to assume that he is updating the free throw tracker. But... Uh, we'll leave it there for today. Like I said, we'll be back after Bucks Heat, 7 p.m. Central Time. Milwaukee looking to go 2-0. But for Justin and myself, we will catch you guys after the game.